know that he's doing wonderful things in your life. He's doing wonderful things in mine. So if you have your Bible, I want you to begin to go to the book of Proverbs. It's getting towards the middle of your Bible. And this is a scripture, I'm sure you've heard it before, and you can quote uh, you can quote it to God about yourself. How many quote scripture to God, even though he wrote it? You know, I mean, he used people to write it, but I do. I do. I, I, that's why we say out of our mouth, we use word. Jesus did. It is written, and he says the word. So this is one of those scriptures you can quote, and you can say it about yourself. You can say it about your church. You can say it about your kids. Um, it's Proverbs eighteen 16. You've heard it before. It says this, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. A man's gift makes room for him. This is really important for where we're getting ready to go. And we need to understand that each one of you is gifted by God. You have special gifts by God, and your gift will make room for you. You know, some of the things that people were saying yesterday is, wow, these ladies that just took care of Kim. And to some extent, there was, you know, they were just saying, hey, listen, if you need anything, you come to us. Please don't go to her. You come to us. We're going to take care of that because she was trying to do all these other things, and they just kind of, you know, gathered her and just kind of just took care of everything that's what i'm talking about that was some of that was just a gift we didn't ask for that it was just wonderful to do that you have a gift and god's going to help you in that sometimes i think that we are as as believers we don't understand god's dreams for his people do you know god has plans for you he's got big dreams and he's got big destiny for you but you have to understand that you have to see that and be willing to obey and walk in it The kingdom of God has a right way of doing things. That's what righteousness is, God's right way of doing things. That's a real easy term for that. His systems are in place, his strategy. And and so he's got a plan. Turn to your neighbor and say, Skippy, he's talking about you. Somebody asked me the other day, he said, how come you keep saying Skippy? I said, it just sounds good. I like it. Reminds me of peanut butter when I was a kid, but I don't know. (laughs) It's a happy thought, yeah. (laughs) Well, anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about some things, and I'm going to try to pull this together, and I want you to see what God has for us today. Abraham is the first major person that God's going to use, his strategy and his system, and he begins to get things in place. And, and Abraham is going to produce mighty people that will have a mighty nation, but he has to start. You know, he's got to start with somebody. Do you know somebody had to lead Billy Graham to Jesus? Think about that. So, you know, God has got a great plan. The Bible says that Abraham got in covenant with God. When he did, things started to happen for him. They started to happen uh, all around him. So it does matter who you're in covenant with. It does matter who you hang out with. I mean, you've got to understand that. Well, I, you know, this is my, my own, you know, so please just hear my heart. If you want to send your kids, you can send your kids anywhere. And now, we're, you know, we're, we're fighting all of this bathroom garbage. And I talked a little bit about it last week, but you, you know, if you can send your kids, then pour into your kids that if they're going to go somewhere where there are going to be people that present that, that they're going to be the change agents. That stuff won't change them because they're grounded. Help me. They're in covenant because they're in covenant with you in covenant with God. This is kind of like Red Rover. You know what? Send them on over because, you know, let your. So anyway, all right, I'm going to get going here. So Abraham's in covenant, and so he got wise, he got smart, he got wealthy, he got influence, he got powerful, he was gifted, he started a whole nation because he started thinking like God. He got in God's thinking in God's system. God started giving him ideas, started being saying, do this, and so they made him wise, they made him wealthy, all of those things. That happened by faith, his gift of faith. 
Abraham became known as the father of faith. So his gift made room for not only him, it made room for descendants and the whole nation eventually. I'm here to tell you it's probably not a shocker that God's a bigger thinker than you. He's the thinker and we're kind of the stinker. But but he's got big thoughts and he wants to get them in place. So he knew, he's telling Abraham, I'm going to put you in place, and you're not going to just have a nation, but you're going to produce national leaders. So Abraham has a son named Isaac, and Isaac inherits wealth, and on top of that, created his own wealth. And God is very specific about this. The Bible talks about he was rich in cattle, sheep, silver, gold. You see, God is a mentality of this. God isn't a God that's just, here's just enough to get by. I want to do this in a good way. I want to show them that I am a big God. And so we just start believing and we start saying, God, okay, tell me what you want. God, I, have you ever told God I can't do that? I'm just telling you right now I'm looking past this marriage that we just did. And I remember before it ever happened, we're, you know, Mal was saying, Dad, does God even know where I am? I would say now she's saying, oh, boy, he knows. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes we, we almost, we limit God, so many times, and God is limited because of his word, what he promised us, that we don't act on it. I want to say that so you understand what I'm saying. You are the change agents here on earth. People ask, well, why do we always ask, you know, we pray over the finances and all that because we give Jesus. The Bible says that he hears us. Okay? And actually, if you do a word study on that, that first John passage, if you do a word study on that, it means it's not like he hears it with his ear. It means like, I'm taking the case. That's what it means. It means like, okay, I'm not, I, I heard what you said physically, but I'm, gonna, I'm, all, I'm on it. So we need to understand that when God, he can't go past what his word, we have to, when people, you have to pray. We need things to happen. You know how that happens? You. Just like the enemy uses his demons to get things done, God has to use angels, and he has to use you, and you release angels. I mean, you know, it sounds like, hey, this sounds kind of like, um, you know, I'm just telling you, it's not the twilight zone. This is the God zone. Prayers do work. Things do happen. You don't have to see them and things are happening that you prayed for that you don't see yet, but he's lining it up. God wants his people to thrive, not just survive. Jacob, then the third generation, the great grandson of Abraham comes along. And he goes through some tough times, but he gets back on track. And Jacob has 12 sons, and one of them is Joseph. Now listen to me. This is the first time God is revealing his system, his advancement for his people. He's putting into motion his plan. You got Abraham, you got Isaac, you got Jacob, and now you have 12 sons, 12 tribes. Powerful men, leadership caliber, all of them his sons. One of them is Joseph. Joseph carries the same wisdom, thinking, strategy, understanding, and he's thrown into the system of Egypt. Listen to what I'm saying. Some of you beat yourself up because you've tried your best to raise your children. And sometimes they just, oh, they just didn't listen. They're hearing more than you think. 
Things are happening more than you think. God, is, is he not more powerful? Numbers eleven twenty three says, is my arm not waxed short? Is he, not, is he able to help you? So if you understand that there are going to be things that God can still reach into where you think is no man's land and snatch them back because of things that you taught them when they were babies, things that you prayed over them, because things are still in motion. There is a destiny. There are things God is setting you up. You see, his great-great-grandfather was in covenant with God in the system, taught him how to be wise, make good decisions. Who is speaking in your life? Who are you talking to? Who is talking to you? Who's talking to your children? Who are you hanging out with? Here's our first point today. Before I even get to the first point, can I just say this? It ain't over until God says it's over. Here's our first point this morning. Put God first. He put his best on the altar, including Isaac. Teach these things to your children. Give God first portion. Give God first fruit. God is number one. Go after God with all you have. Say amen to that. You need to teach your children. This is what it is. I mean, no matter what, God has to be number one. So in the fourth generation of that family, all of the wealth of the entire nation of Egypt was given to Joseph to be in charge of. He ran the entire country because God set him up. I don't know that he knew that during all that time. You know, I don't. He went through a lot of uh, pits. You know, just a lot of stuff happening and lies and treachery and all that. But I can say that Joseph certainly was somebody that was bloomed where he planted. Wherever he was at, he just started saying, you know what? My, my gift, he understood what we're reading. It's going to make room for me. So, you know, you get in a situation, you get in a wedding situation, you get somewhere. Some of you just are designed certain ways. Some things will just drive you batty. Take care of that. You know, this is what was going because this is part of my gift. I'm sitting in there and, and you know, to maybe others it wasn't. But I'm like, OK, when are they going to start serving these people food? You might say that's a little, but see, to somebody that has a hospitality gift or, or just I want people to. So if you're not going to serve it for 10 minutes, could somebody tell them we're going to serve in about 10 minutes because I don't want anybody to be mad. I want them to know we love you. This is going to happen. Do you know what I'm saying? Or if you see if you go into a place and and you're like, you know, for me as a pastor, I'll look around and if there's stuff, I'm like, oh, I wish they'd fix that. That that needs to be fixed. If their sign is spelled wrong. They put something on their sign and they they said you're instead of you are. And, you know, you're going to, you know, I'm, my wife would catch that before I would. But I, then I would be like, they got to change that. Or it's February and they say Merry Christmas. <laughs> Who's in charge of the signs? Your gift will make room for you. You're going to start things, you know, when you get involved at TLC, you're going to be like, man, this is I want to do this. Why? Because it's your gift. And it'll start making room for you. So Joseph was large and in charge. God's way of thinking four generations down the line. Then a new Pharaoh comes over and he doesn't have the relationship Joseph had. And he puts all of the Israelites, he puts them in slave, puts them back in slavery for 430 years. Slaves. Bondage, survival, just enough bread and water. Only what the government of Pharaoh would give them. So now their mindset has changed. 
Generations have come and gone. And they've been raised up. Do you know some of them just were raised up in that poverty mindset? That's all they knew. That's all they had. They never saw anything else. Some are hearing me today and are saying, this is all I've known. I, I'll never, I don't know some of what you're talking about. They grew up as slaves. They were not leaders. They were not dreamers. Their parents never said, you're going to do great things for God. They were never told that. They were not wise. They weren't wealthy. They didn't even know what that was. They weren't godly. They weren't powerful. They just said, we're slaves. This is what we do. This is how we do it. When Moses shows up, they don't even know who they are anymore. They don't even really realize their heritage. They, didn't, they just didn't know. They're operating in this earth curse system. Slave mentality, survival. They just see themselves getting by, never doing really anything of value, never amounting to anything. That's what their kids saw. That's what they taught their kids. I mean, it's just, here's what we do. These guys are our boss. Do what they say. They will whip you. Now, Moses is born. Now, listen to this. All the moms in the room. Moses' mother sees something special. All the moms will look at their babies and go, there's something special about this one. Something I see different. She saw something. Do you know that this is the cool thing about moms? Moms can see something inside. And if you're sitting here today and you're not a mom, you know what? If you're, I'm telling you, female have an extra sense. <laughs> She's like, yes, we do. I'm telling you, they do. I, and in my boy's life, they could, my boys had come up to me. Sam could cry these huge tears. <laughs> Dad, I was just like, and I would buy every bit of it. And Kim would stick her beautiful head around the corner and go, he's lying. And come to find out, he was lying. And then he'd tell his brother, don't do any of that when mom's around. Because she And why? Because somehow God downloads something to a mom. They can look at their kid and go, I see that gift. Listen to me, I know what I'm talking about. When we started this church, my kids, I mean, we, people said, oh, you're the Partridge family. Only we really sang. We weren't, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, if you know the history. But this is what, she, you know, she just turned to her brother because Zach was always beaten on the back in the, in the van. He's like young Ricky Ricardo. He gets his brother. You know, he's beating on everything. She said, you're going to be my drummer. He's like, what? Sam, she handed Sam a bass guitar and said, here, play this. Told Mallory, you're going to sing. And so they start. She just said, go, get some CDs. We're going to believe God. We sowed a seed, bought the instruments. And they started playing. They started the bass. I'm like, I, I looked at her one day. I said, how did you know Sam could play the bass? She goes, I don't know. I just felt like that was what he was supposed to do. I said, I get Zach. Because <laughs> he just, you know, and I knew Mal, she loved to sing. Mal always loved to sing. So, you know, I, I could kind of see that too. But I, when we started, we didn't, but mama knew. So Moses' mother, she's like, there's something special. The Bible says that she hid him from Pharaoh because Pharaoh was killing all the male children. He's pretty insecure and he hears prophecy, so he kills all the male children. So listen to me, even if you hide, God knows where you are. And a man's gift will make room for him. So she put him in a basket and put him in the river. Now listen, here's point number two. God has plans for you. Everybody say, God has plans. 
So they're in a system. Now listen to me, and you've got to hear this, because I had to read this, I had to go over this in my mind. Moses, if they're in a system, if Moses stays in that system, he's a slave. Matter of fact, he really can't stay because they're trying to kill every male, the baby. So he'd have to be hidden and protected for a long time. And I don't know if you could do that for years and years and years. But God is saying, I've got plans. Now listen, God's got plans for you. And you might not say, well, I, you know, we've always lived over here. We've always done this. What if God says, I got something else for you? So God has to get Moses out of that mindset, out of that system. And about a half mile away, he puts him in a basket. And you know the story. The basket floats down. And the next thing you know, he's in a big, he's in a big system now. Now, I'm not saying it's the, always the right system and all that. But I'm just saying it's going to change because God's got a plan. So he, instead of having the, the poverty mindset and all that, we ain't nothing, we're never going to be nothing, always been nothing, can't do anything. So God sends him down the river, and there's a whole new system, and they think different. So not only did, then he gets into Pharaoh's house, and you know how that, and his mother and all that. So, I mean, God still keeps everything intact of his heritage, but he gets him where he needs to do, so now he can influence and understands a bigger system. I know people that have never graduated from high school, thought they'd never do anything, never drove a car, and then said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to graduate. I know someone, they're in my family, and, and God just used them, and they had the gumption, they went, they got their diploma, they got their driver's license, and they're, and they're not just now slave to that system of I don't need that mentality, do you, of just, I can't do anything. We all need a but God. We need God. You just come in. Help me out. So when God comes in and see, when you get in the river of God, he's going to get you into another system. If you can just let God, you just take me. Then let God put you in whatever he wants to get you to wherever you need to be so he can get you in the system that he wants so that you can do and fulfill the destiny he has. It is a setup, my friends. When you get in that other system, you come out of defeatism, victim mentality, poverty mindset. You come out of the give me's. Give me that. Can I have that? Can I have this? Can I give me that? Can I, you, what are you going to do with that? You get a desire now to start managing and you start saying, God, could I, could I be in charge of that? Would you help me to rule? Would you help me to do things for you? Can I, can I do some more for your system? Say amen to that. God's got more for you than what you have. That's why church is so important. If you want to get involved with a church like this, you better be ready because I'm telling you, it gets contagious. You can't stay where you are. Your thinking's going to get messed up in a good way. You're going to start saying, wow, this prayer stuff really works. Wow, you mean we can lay hands on the sick and they do recover? That's what the word says. God says you're born for great things. What's interesting is Moses gets into that other system. The Bible says he was, he was taught... Uh, Chaldean so he spoke Hebrew over here now he's taught a whole new language I'm just saying where we're going we're gonna have to learn some things we're gonna have to learn how to talk we can't talk Christianese anymore you know what that is and we say all the Christian lingo and the thing you know people that don't know Jesus to them that's just religion they just you know they, they figure that out and they're just like you know what whatever but if you can talk to them on a ground that they know and you can say, you know what, I want to tell you about relationship with Christ. It's just going to change your life. And you start talking the talk of God. You start saying, God, I'm in a new system. We've never done it that way before. 
That's like my kids coming to my house. Well, they don't do that at, at Jimmy's house. Look around. We're not at Jimmy's house. I got a... In a new system, listen, he's going to talk Chaldean. He's going to learn their language. Some of us complain, God, I don't have anything. I'm never going to have anything. And, you know, why don't you send something? But, you know, I think God might be saying, why don't you get a job? I mean, I've had people come to the church and just say stuff. You know, I, I, you know, I, I can't work. You can't? How'd you get here? I don't have any money. How you pay for that cell phone? I mean, you know, and I'm not trying to be picky. I'm just saying you can find something you can find and start where you are. Do what you can use what you got. Watch what God will do if we start saying, God, you give me the idea. I want to get in the system of God where I can look at somebody and talk to them with confidence and know that, man, I'll tell you what, I I can't tell you about you, but I can tell you what God's done for me. God said, here's the plan. He said to Moses, he said, find 70 men. I'm going to give them your spirit, your mentality, your assessment, your mindset. And they're going to prophesy. They're going to do the things that you do. You see, when we think of prophecy, we think of something super spiritual. And we get kind of afraid because we can't control people. Prophecy flows in this house at different times. I can't always control that because there are people that are people. Just keep your eye on me. If you're worried, like, oh, I don't know if that was from God. You just... If I shut it down, you'll know. If I don't, then just sit back and not worry about it. I gotta, I'll be responsible for it. So, you know, we just got to do what we got to do. And it's okay. But here's a, you know, people, I'm not sure I know what prophecy is. Let me give you a quick layman's term of prophecy. Future talk. That's what it is. He's saying, when I put your spirit on them, they're not going to talk about where they came from. We can always talk about, oh, the good old days and where I've been and all this. God's going to give you something better than that. He's going to give you some future talk. He's going to tell you, listen, you, you know, that's some of it wasn't so good. How many have had some good old days weren't so good? And, and sometimes, you know, we didn't understand maybe the kingdom of God and we did say things wrong. That's OK. There's grace. But God, help me to talk and do the things you want me to do. I want to speak where I'm going, not where I've been, not the mistakes I've made. I, I, if I made mistakes, I'll be the first to tell you, you know what? I messed that up. But let's not keep talking about that. Do you like it when people keep talking about that? When I was a kid, if I did something wrong, I didn't want my mom and dad every time I came in to say, you know what? You did this, this, this and this. I did. Once I got spanked, the best thing about a spanking was that should have been then my thing was paid for, you know, <laughs> paid in full right there. I didn't, I mean, my mom and dad spank different. That ever happened to you? Moms don't spank the way dads do. Grandmas don't spank at all, hardly. But moms, you know, mom, she could be spanking me and I could be like, oh, a little to the left. I get myself in trouble that way. I never said that to my dad because my dad could probably knock me through the wall with a, with a whack. He never did. I mean, he did spank me, but very rare. Anyway, what I want to say is, God, I... I don't want to be reminded of mistakes. If you've covered them, let's move forward. Point number three, you've got to talk future talk. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
You can't go forward by announcing the past. You got to proclaim God's promises for your future. You got to get in the river. You got to start saying, God, you got to send me. If I, you got to help me figure this out. I'm telling you, you could have a river right in your house and you don't even know it. The river is going to take you where you can't get yourself. Statistics say this in the next five years, 40% of the pulpits of America are going to have a pastoral change. Meaning most of the pastors, and this is, I'm just talking about pastors that are older, that are more elderly, they're going to retire. I'm not one of them. Just saying. But imagine the transition coming to the body of Christ. You, can have, you just got to understand, there's things that are happening, and you might be saying, you know what, I, I can't control all that. I mean, you don't, you, you're going to have to just say, God, I need you to set me up here. I need you to, because we need good people that are going to carry on work for the Lord, that are going to do what they're called to do, because your gift will make room for you. That's why small groups are so important, because you plug in and God starts doing things. And this isn't my church. This is God's church. This is our church. We are the church. This isn't about me. If Miss Kim isn't here, you can see if Mallory's not here, worship went amazing. This isn't about one person. If I'm not speaking, God will put somebody else here. It's not about me. It's about him. People don't like to talk future talk. We just like to look back because we feel comfort with that. I want to stay young at heart. I danced yesterday. It was not pretty. Started dancing with my wife. I'm telling you, man, she is just amazing. We're dancing and she says, oh, honey, you're... Yeah. So she said, finally, she just said, do what I'm doing. So we started doing this. She said, now we're dancing like the 70s. <laughs> okay. I even got to see Chuck dance. That was, wor- that was worth the price of admission right there. She pulled him up, and I thought, oh, my word, Charles is up on the floor. And then he starts doing this. I was like, oh, this is awesome. But you know what? This is what I love about Chuck. He's ready for whatever God has for him. He's not stuck in a mold. You know, he's like, I'm telling you, I don't even know for sure how old he is. He's probably about 34. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm never going to go back to the old way. I want to stay fresh and alive for God. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say never. Listen to this, and then I'm going to try to wrap this thing up because I don't even know what time. How much time do I got, fellas? Oh, 10 minutes. Good, good. Anybody give me 10 more minutes? 10, 20, 30, 40. Got it. No, I'll just do the 10. John 14, 1 and 4 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself. Where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, the way you know. This is what he's saying. Jesus is saying, get a hold of your emotions. Don't get so upset. Because I'm about to tell you something that's a big deal. It's about heaven down here. See, this is what we're thinking. We're just thinking, man, God, I just can't wait to, I can't wait to you come again. Because he's coming again. And heaven's going to be awesome. But don't you think that while we're here, we should leave the mark of God here in such a way that people are like, ah, dude, I don't even know what's going on, but I want what you got. Okay, we need to understand this. For that to happen, then we're going to have to believe it so much that we are so crazy about Jesus, nothing else is going to matter. We're going to start doing what God wants us to do and do it in a way. And I want you to hear what we just read. This is what he's saying. If you keep dwelling in the past, 
I can't advance you to the future. Now, I want you to hear what I'm talking about. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place, and if I go to prepare a place, I'll come again and receive you. Where I am, you may be also. Where I go, you know the way you know. Remember, a man's gift will make room for him. Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm going to make, I'm going to prepare a place. Now, when I read this, I'm like, God, what are you trying to tell me? This is what I'm trying, this is what I want you to get. He's preparing a place for you right now. I'm not talking about heaven. I'm talking about now. God is going before you. How many know that when they give roll call anywhere USA and they say roll call, God goes here. I mean, it doesn't matter. God's already been there. He's preparing a place for you now. He's, uh, and we already know you're getting a place in heaven, but I'm telling you, your gift will make room for you because our Jesus is going and getting it ready. And you got to start believing that because then you'll start saying, wait a minute. This isn't just when he comes. This is now. Yes, it's now. This is when things begin to happen now. When promises begin to come filled now. When, when God is doing things now. Grace is applied now. Blessings come now. Prosperity comes now. My kids are coming back now. Things are happening now. I'm going to get that house now. Things are starting to happen. He's preparing it. But you have to jump in and say, I believe that, Lord. Here's point number four. Wait your turn and learn. Think about this. If Jesus is preparing a place, you're not there yet. You're here. He's there. Now, he's everywhere. Don't misunderstand me. What I'm saying is he's getting that ready for you to be there. Does that make sense? Wait your turn and learn. Get mentored. Get taught. What do you like to do? What is your gift? What is it that really, man, I love that. Are you a baker? Are you a butcher? Are you a candlestick maker? Is your name Jack? Your name Nimble? Are you quick? Never mind. <clears throat> what I'm telling you is what is your gift? What, are you, what, are, what really passions you? So you start saying, if you start understanding that God is going ahead of you and he's preparing that, he's making room. You're not here by accident, my friend. There's gifts and God is pulling them out of you. When are you going to start? When are you going to say, you know what? I want to be part of this, this explosion. I want this to happen. Then your gift is already making room for you. God's going to show you what you need to do and how to do it. When it's time, you'll know it's time. He'll tell you it's time. And you can move to what God is calling you to do. This is a new season for you. Say amen to that. So here's the truth. You may not always be an usher. You may not always be a greeter. You may not always work back in the nursery. He's got something. He's preparing a place for you. He's got something that, that is probably bigger than what you're doing now, but this is a place that you're starting, you're learning, you're absorbing, you're rubbing shoulders with people that are, that are finding God as well, and you're starting building each other up. More challenges, more responsibilities coming your way, but you'll be able to handle it because you're a big thinker. You're moving now. We like to raise up our ministry people. Honestly, we raise them up inside. So, you know, if you look back in the back, you know, the, the, the older kids that are running the Macs back there, they used to be in the Macs. 
really. And, and so we, we, we see those kids that have that, and they're like, I want to do more. I want to do more. I want to jump in. I want to help. I want to do more. We pull them out. We start saying, okay. And then we put them with people, and they're in there, and now they're learning. And now, guess what? We can step back. I asked Christina. She goes, I don't even have to do it. Those kids do it all. I'm just back there just supervising. And, and really, I'm just there in case there's an issue that I have to deal with. Other than that, they got this. See, that's what we do. That's how it happens with ushers and with greeters. You, when people say, I want to be part of this, and we pull you in and say, hey, just stay with me here. Let me show you how this is. And then they get in. It might not be what they're going to retire at, but they're like, yes. You know, it might be the usher that prayed for you that, that, and said, let me do and And now they're not an usher. Maybe they're an elder. You need children to raise up in ministry. Grandchildren, great-grandchildren, generational ministry. You see, ministry has to go and grow as God moves. People to carry it on. Who are you mentoring? Who are you training? Jesus began his ministry with leaving on his mind. See, my job as a pastor is to get myself out of his job. I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean I'm to equip the saints. So in the beginning, let me just say in the beginning, we sowed seed. We bought all the instruments. We set them up. We did everything. We set up the chairs. We did everything. Wyatts came with us. They helped us. They started, I mean, you know, and it just, and people like now, do I set up chairs? No, would I? If I needed to, I would, but I don't have, because we have people that do that, because, and that's not the same people that did it five years ago. We've got to pass on what God has given. Build his kingdom. Help one another. Be patient. We've got to wait for that prepared place. God, is it time? Can I do that now? Hebrews says, faith and patience bring the promise. I know we're running out of time. I'm almost finished. The world is full of churches that don't wait. They just start, and, and I'm not against church starts. Don't get me wrong. But where have you served before? I have people that will come in and say, I want, you know, I had a person came in and say, I'm your next youth pastor. God told me to come here and I'm going to do your youth and they wanted me to put them in like right now. I don't know who they are. I don't know anything about them. That's not going to happen. So I just said, you know what? That's great. We're glad that you're here. And as soon as God tells me that, I'll do that. Two weeks and they're gone. Two weeks. Because you see, they just wanted a position. I don't give positions away. I don't give positions away and then tell people, okay, now that you're in this position, do this so that, you know, I look and see if they're already doing that before I ever consider them for a position. Does that make sense? And so if they're going to work with kids, they're going to go through background check. And we went from just a local background check because we found out as ministry is growing, somebody could move in from out of state or Kentucky or wherever. We don't know. We didn't have any record of it. So now we do a national check. Well, Brett, that costs. Yeah, but don't you think it's worth it? Because your kids are precious. We're gonna, if they're going to work back there, they've got to have a background check. That's just how it is. If they don't, they don't need to work back there. Because we are saying, God, we're moving to the next level. We've got to understand. God's got big things in store for not just this church, but for you. For this to happen, we all got to jump into that river of God. Moses saw a difference in Joshua, and he said, you're going to be my successor. So he spent some time with Joshua. He took him up on the mountain. What if Joshua wasn't who Joshua was? What if he wasn't trustworthy? What if he got a little close to the edge, Moses did, and Joshua said, Ooh. and he comes down by himself. What happened to Moses? He fell. 
He just fell. But no, Moses saw something in him. Joshua could be trusted. Joshua was humble. He was a servant. So, you know, people come in. This is what, Where have you served before? It's important to know that you, you, you're willing to serve. Brett, I, I don't get it. And when you do, we can do more. But you need to understand that we have to serve. We, we have to serve. If, now listen, if you're serving and doing what God has called you to do, when the time is right, your gift will make room for you. There's stuff I find out about people that's such a good thing I never knew until they came in, they started serving. And then I find out, oh, you're in, you can do this? I didn't know that. You know, and then you're like, oh, why? Because their gift at the right time will make room for them. Remember, God is preparing a place. Some of you are getting that. You're like, oh, it's not just heaven. Yeah, he's already doing that. That's done. Well, I'm talking about here. Elisha is the old prophet, and I'm, I'm just about done. Elisha is the new generation. Elisha's, Elijah is about to go up. Elisha says, I want to take your mantle. Can I have your mantle? And that was a leather jacket or cape or whatever. And this is what he sees Elijah do. Elijah hits the water, the water parts. And then, you know, Elijah goes up in a, in a fiery chariot taxi cab. He never dies. You know, he just goes up. And Elisha, the mantle is dropped. Elisha gets the mantle, and he does, the first thing he does, he does what the old man did. And the same thing happens. Listen to me. Some of you have been mentored, and you've got to this certain place. You're going to take off where the other left off. You know, I mean, that's going to be your stepping point. You're going to be able to say, okay, I can do this. I can do this. If you're helping somebody go up, who are you helping? Who are you mentoring? Who are you looking for? I ask all my core leaders, find somebody in your group that, that you, can, you can start sharing your life with. You can start pouring into. You can start befriending. You can start saying, listen. And then watch what God does. He takes his servant stuff seriously. God is setting you up. Give your neighbor a high five. Here's our last point. Be a servant. Listen to this. Elisha didn't start with parting the water. He started with pouring the water. Second Kings 3, it says that he traveled with the old prophet Elijah and poured water on his hands like a servant. You're never going to part the water until you learn to be humble enough to pour the water. Think about what I just said. You're never going to part it until you're humble enough to pour it. That's the people that want, I just want this, I want that. Serve, just serve. If you learn to pour the water, God will trust you one day to part the water. He's setting you up. Would you bow your heads, please? A man's gift will make room for him.